When your best friend lives states away You create a podcast and talk about movies We talk about Marvel, Disney, and sci-fi We talk about rom-coms, action, and comedy We are the Cinema Ladies The Cinema Ladies What'd you do this week, Ellie? I went to so many movies this week. <laughs> oh, you went well, to a lot of them? Like, physically? Physically, in oh. the theaters. Um, oh. As I may or may not have mentioned on this podcast, I am an AFC member. <laughs> and... Which isn't shocking, because we're doing a podcast about movies. I just, I love AMC theaters, and I, I know, especially in Fort Collins, that's an unpopular opinion, because it's probably the jankiest theater out of all of them I here. will say in Minnesota, that's kind of the, the vibe, too. I don't love it. I love a good recliner. They have recliners. Okay, I'm very. They passionate. did not mind. They okay. Well, they didn't here either. But this, not this summer. This a year ago, they upgraded, and now they have recliners that heat up, and it's very nice. And you've got to pick your seat in advance. I but I think because it's so janky is why I love it. Like I love that I can sneak popcorn or maybe beer into a theater. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like awesome. if I can control for saying that on this, who's um, gonna AMC's gonna come on and ban Ellie Payant from the AMC in Fort Collins? I'm your biggest fan, don't do it. But like, it's a bunch of high school students that don't care. They're Ooh, are they the really ch- loud though and rambunctious? No, like the workers. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The workers like don't care what you do. Like a friend of mine straight up just brought a pie in once. Like, not secretively, what? just walked in with a pie. But how do you even eat a pie in a boot? That's a whole different... Okay, cool. <laughs> I actually wasn't with her when that happened. But, yeah, they just, like, they don't really care. You can do... I bring a blanket, I bring popcorn, I'll bring a water bottle or a beer. And it's just, like, a great movie viewing experience. It's also frequently not full, so you have a lot of the... Like, there's been multiple times where I've gone to the movies and I was the only one in the theater. Um, That's not scary. No, I love it. I love okay one of my like self-care things is going to the movies by myself I love going to the movies by myself especially if I'm the only one in the theater because then it's like a whole movie just for me one last thing about AMC though is that in the beginning of it they have Nicole Kidman doing yes. this whole little montage and like a sequence jumpsuit I have that entire thing memorized and say it along with her every time <laughs> I actually oh have God. it like written and posted in my house because I think it's beautiful you oh what <laughs> That was more of a joke. It's not like I wrote it out. Oh, I thought you said you wrote it out, which is why I was so No, concerned. I said it was wrote out. That's... Anyways, I love AMC, and I went to the Marvels. I waited until the strike was done, and then I went. So I was a little bit apprehensive about the Marvels because Brie Larson's not my favorite all the time. And yeah, so I just didn't know how it was going to go, but I loved it. I thought it was so good, and I thought it was so funny. It was so funny. She did a really good job in it. I thought it was going to be like only focused on her. So I'm really glad that it was like pretty equally distributed between the three of them. Mm-hmm. I actually would have loved a little bit more of Monica. Yeah, me too. Um, I felt like there was definitely less there. But... Yeah. And I don't know if that's because maybe she's going to get her own show or I don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Kamala Khan's family there. Amazing. Amazing. So funny. Like one of my favorite parts. Yeah. And like. Yeah, I just thought it was it was really funny and it was really well done. And again, it was a movie with a lot of female characters, but it wasn't like in your face about it, which I just appreciate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it dealt with like a lot of 
deeper emotions. And I think that's probably why I liked Captain Marvel's representation in it a little bit more. Is like it wasn't just like hoorah, I'm super powerful and I'm a woman, but it was like actually like I have done a lot of hard things and that's been impacting me and that's why I haven't come back and that's why I've been keeping my distance. Yeah. So I really yeah, liked and it. I think it was cool to see there was yeah, she wasn't a perfect person. Like she did something that destroyed like a planet essentially, which I I think there's maybe a little bit that felt like maybe they could have done a little bit more about how she felt more remorse. But I mean people feel how they feel, I guess. But it felt like a little like, but they did bad things, so it's okay. And then she came around, but yeah. Well, and it seemed like and that was like a little bit hard to understand, I think, of like she destroyed the AI which like impacted the civil war but it sounds like the civil war was already happening and like just but destroying the, civil the ai war, did... could that like destroy the sun i think so yeah oh i was under the impression that the ai like somehow destroyed the sun see and that's where i think that they could have been a lot clearer because when i was watching the new rock stars episode which is a youtuber that analyzes videos um he was talking like and that's where i think i'm getting more of this is like he was talking about the civil war more so being Mm-hmm. being the cause of the planet not just like the ai yeah. i thought the villain was, also... was great mm-hmm. yeah i'm kind of sad that she died at the end because i think Spoiler. i would have loved, to... <laughs> loved to see her <laughs> he thought that was really funny <laughs> um i would have loved to see her more um but i thought samuel jackson did a good job i was kind of hoping since secret invasion we would like see him in his wedding ring or like something so did this take place after secret invasion I understood it as being after, because he went back to Saber after the, the end of Secret Invasion. Back to save who, sorry? To Saber, that's the name of the, the oh. satellite thing that's in space. <laughs> to Saber. Saber! Save who? There was like three chicks. <laughs> Saber, S-A-B-E-R. It stands for something. Yes, yep. Mm, that would be something I want to look up. But it was yeah, definitely post-blip because Monica was saying how she blipped back and then her mom was dead. That was so tragic, by the way. Yeah, but we knew that in... That was a direct take from WandaVision. I know, but I don't. I didn't re-watch it before. I just watched it the I didn't time. either. <laughs> I just knew that. Yeah. But I guess my point being, like, we saw that already. So it's after the blip, though, is what I'm saying. But I don't know when oh. Secret Invasion took place. Was it, like, far after the blip? I I think we're past, like, Marvel timeline stuff is all after the blip. I don't think they're yeah. necessarily going back. Yeah, I just, back. like, how much... Yes, it's a whole chronological question. Is the Marvels before Secret Invasion or after it? So that's a Google question. Yes. <laughs> Those are kind of my baseline thoughts on... The Dude, what, what about the singing <laughs> oh my gosh okay new rock stars talked about they think that that scene was supposed to be different and that there was a lot of rewriting that happened and then they kind of just used scraps of it but they thought that that was actually supposed to be more of a place that like where the three of them bonded and like learned how to use their powers better or like i wish they would have talked more about like the fact that she's a princess <laughs> on a planet yeah but, so that that planet is within the comics um and that is true that she was like a princess there um instead of it wasn't that they sang though in the comics they were like they spoke in poetry or something like that so i think they just did the 
the singing because it was easier. A little funnier. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. Funny. I yeah, I liked it. I also just I really like the actress who plays Kamala Khan, Iman. Yeah. She's the first Marvel main character that had no acting experience prior to being cast. Oh my gosh, that's Which so I, cool. I think is so fun. So, like, I, I truly just think most of what she does is just genuinely who she is. And what's like, funny? Her, her reactions to things are just like... Oh, what'd you say? I was just saying her reactions to things are just like her genuine, like, Iman reaction. <laughs> like, it's awesome. She's so good. But what's funny is this movie actually relates a lot to Elementals because it's all about moving the elements to Hala. Oh my gosh, you're so right. Connection. Like the air, the water, the we fire just keep of the in. sun. I love it. Let's do it. <laughs> Spoiler alert on both Elementals and Miss Marvel. Or the Marvels. <laughs> well, I went axe throwing last night for the first time. Really? How did you yeah, do have you, have you ever been? I've been like six times. Oh, <laughs> I'm not saying why I'm good. We... I've just been a lot. Why haven't we ever gone? Because uh, we were roommates during the pandemic, and I feel like before the pandemic, you were kind of in it school, really. and then you went to Africa for a while. It just didn't you... seem to line up. <laughs> wow, blame that all on me. <laughs> we uh... couldn't have fun together because you sucked. <laughs> <laughs> you were helping people, and you were learning. I did it a lot for work. It didn't make sense to invite you to my work coming. (laughs) You're fine. How was axe throwing? Axe throwing was really fun. We went for my friend's birthday. Nice. Um, and there was a bunch of us, and I was so bad at it. And I really thought I'd be good at it. I don't know why I thought that. Because you've watched enough Thor that you're like, I know how to swing a hammer. (laughs) True. It is an axe, but yes. Um, (laughs) he gets kind of an axe at the end anyways um, yeah i was really bad um i only hit the board four times out of the like five games we played oh um, yeah it was it was rough everyone else did significantly better than me but it was really fun i'm going axe throwing in december for work so could they let you do one-handed or it had to be two-handed no, they could let us do it one-handed. I tried one-handed once, and it was horrible. <laughs> horrible. And so I, I did not do it again. But apparently there's an underhand throw. Oh my gosh, that feels so... <laughs> I feel like you'd cut off your leg. <laughs> no, it's not like that. No, I don't Good. know. I, we weren't allowed to do it at this place, but my friend whose birthday it was, who had gone previously, said that it's much easier. I think you just, like, toss... Like, it's like when you throw for cornhole, you just, like, toss it. Oh, I see. And then it, like, spins up, kind of. Um, and they I can see how that'd be dangerous, because, like, if you, like, way overcorrect, it could just spin back on you. Yeah, there was one time where I threw it, and it hit the board and just bounced off, and it actually came right back to me. I didn't have to move to pick it up. And I was like, ooh, that was a little close. Ooh. Dangerous. A little dangerous. Well, but no, it was really fun. Yeah. Did you do anything fun recently? No, just played the game of things yesterday and a lot of a lot of high energy charades. There was so Danny who's How do, wait, sorry. How does high energy charades compare to regular charades? It was just a whole other level. So I, I was gonna describe so Danny, one of our friends, she has this like succulent plant thing. But if you looked at the base of the plant, it's probably not a succulent. But the root system looked like a butt. Like it looked like thick thighs, some cheeks. 
So we called it a butt plant. So someone wrote butt plant on the charade thing. Or for the game of things. They wrote it on a piece of paper. And so to describe it, someone else did it. But then I got it for the charade. And so literally, I just, like, stuck my booty out and then, like, branched my arms like a palm tree. And everyone got it. And then uh, one of our other friends, KK, which is Claire's sister. Anyway. But she kept on being like, repeat the butt plan. And it was just a lot. So, so that's what I mean by high energy charades. A lot of screaming, a lot of body parts. Yeah. I think you would have been like, wow, this is a lot. But in a good way. But it was a lot. Yeah. Again, Mel was Mel was shocked. She was like, Kaylee, I haven't seen you on this level in a long time. And it wasn't even alcohol-induced. It was just... People-induced. Yeah, People-induced. But I think there is something about being an extrovert that, unless you're an extrovert, people don't understand it. You're like, I physically cannot control myself right now because I'm so excited because there's so many people around. Yeah. Man, I feel like I've been at, like, home a lot, too, recently. Like, Brian and I, we've been very productive, creating Christmas cards or buying stuff for a new puppy or whatever it is. But I've just been home a ton. And so now it's like when I go out, I'm like, people! But <laughs> it's not, I do I, stuff all the time. As someone that lives alone, yes, I understand that. Being with people is significantly more fun than being alone at home. Mm-hmm. But that's because we're two extroverts. Gosh. It was a dream oh. for us to live together in the pandemic. What if one of us was an introvert and one of us was an extrovert? Ooh, we would have been in a lot more tough of a situation. It would have been rough. I actually was just talking to Claire the other day about the, the few little spats we had as roommates. Mm. And it was really funny. Let's <laughs> was not like, recap oh, those, time. but... Yeah, no, we won't bring them up. But I was laughing about it. I was like, "Wow, we really were at each other's throats." Sometimes we we were. Well, uh, yeah. Again, we only saw so many people, and the people we saw aren't you like toughest to the people you're closest to, or whatever that phrase is. <laughs> not toughest. That's not the right word. But you know what I mean. No. Mm-hmm. Okay. All I right. do know what you mean. Nothing but love. I, I'm try- I'm trying to think of a really cute segue into elementals, and I got nothing. <laughs> You're like, like fire. I'm ice. No, I'm just kidding. I'm ice wasn't an element. It was fodder. <laughs> You're right. Hello, everyone. I am Ellie Pant. And I am Kaylee Mosey. And we are Cinema Ladies of the Cinema Ladies podcast. <laughs> and our podcast is about movies. And we will be discussing the movie Elemental by Disney. What are your first kind of... Thoughts on the movie, reaction, history with the movie. Mm. Yeah, I first saw this movie, I think, a month ago on a plane. And I feel like I always watch, like, Pixar movies on a plane. I, I was really into the movie Cars around this time, too. So I was like, ooh, more Pixar. Let's go. Um, so I started watching it, not really knowing anything about it. And I just started, like, sobbing on the plane. <laughs> Like four different times watching the movie and luckily my husband Brian was next to me but some random stranger was to the left and I was trying to like cover up my tears by like casually wiping my face using the tray table you know but I just I don't know I really liked it I like a good um feel good movie which this I feel like was for me so yeah that's kind of my experience watched it like about a month ago and Really like there's a lot of different themes in it, which I think can be a lot to unpack. But I also think there's a lot of simplistic 
darkness to it, if you will. So I don't know. I, I thought it was a good, good movie. I wouldn't say it's my like top Pixar movie, but yeah, that's kind of my experience. How about you? Hmm. I there is just something about watching movies on planes. I have this whole theory about like plane movies because it's a very different environment to watch a movie in, and so it feels very different. Like I watched La La Land on a plane and actually didn't like it, but I think if I were to watch it in any other situation, I would have really liked it. But you're just so distracted, you're so self-conscious, you can't, like, get into the movie. You're, like, watching other people's movies as you're watching your own. Mm -hmm. Pixar's, though, a safe one to go to normally, because, you know, there's no, like, nudity or Mm -hmm. random Mm -hmm. action scene where someone gets beheaded. Right? It's it's a safe play, (laughs) so you could really be in the moment with all the feels, apparently. It's a children's movie. (laughs) It's really what you're saying there. Yeah. Um, yeah, my... Well, so this movie is actually the newest movie we'll cover because it just came out this summer, I think. And I I saw Inside Out when that came out, and I feel like the marketing for this movie was very, like, it's from the same people as Inside Out. And so I kind of assumed it was going to be, like, very similar to that in terms of they represent emotions and blah, blah, blah. But this, I actually watched it for the first time this week for this podcast, and deeply loved it. Yeah? <laughs> I thought it was so cute and I love all movies but have a special place in my heart for romance. Mm-hmm. She loves <laughs> a rom-com. I oh, I just love a good love story and because I thought this was going to be all about emotions like Inside Out was, I wasn't expecting it to have a, a love story and so when I was like halfway through the movie I was like, "Wait, this is about love." <laughs> it was great. Yeah, so I really liked it. I thought it was good. I'm excited to to talk about it yeah so let's dive right into the summary it starts with two fire people and they're traveling to well so i guess context this movie is an animated movie and there's four different types of people in it there's fire people there's water people there's earth people and there's air people the air people are just represented as clouds which is so fun it's so cute (laughs) Uh, they are but i feel like this movie really just follows the fire and the water people And so the movie starts with two fire people, clearly a couple, the wife is pregnant, traveling to Element City where everyone lives, all the elements live together in kind of a mixed place. But they kind of seem to be the only fire people. So they get to the city and you can tell there's just a lot of like discrimination. It's not built for them. They change their names when they get there. It reminded me a lot of like Mary and Joseph when they're in Bethlehem, like, no room in the inn. They, like, were knocking on all these doors, and she's got, like, a pregnant belly. <laughs> oh, like, feels weirdly symbolic. Christian um, themes. Yeah. One interesting thing that I saw, like, on the background when they were coming in and doing the whole name change thing was it said the first wave of elements, it was the water people, and then it was the earth people, and then it was the air people. And so I think this was the first fire people because they didn't even have that on the mural. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that also kind of like, yeah, there's so much water in this city, um, and so that makes sense if they were the first people. But yeah, so eventually they find themselves in this like small, kind of neglected part of town, um, and then there's a little montage about how they build it up. They make it into a store, and then more and more fire people start to come, and it kind of like create this whole little community in Fire Town. We find out these people are Bernie and Cinder. Um, Cinder is a matchmaker, so she, like, has fire people light this flame, and she tells them if they're a match or not. Isn't that and a then fun Bernie... pun? She's a matchmaker? 
Oh my gosh, I didn't get that until just now. <laughs> I didn't either until Whoa. you said it. <laughs> I love that. Um, I did think it was funny because like the spark, you know, you always talk about a spark between people. Love. Anywho, um, there's a lot of like cheesy little, I wouldn't even call it symbolism, but just like the irony of like how they, how they frame the elements. All the puns, literally. <laughs> just so many <Yeah>. puns. <laughs> so many, but it's so fun. And then Bernie builds the shop and runs the fire store. They had also brought with them, so when they came from Fireland after their, like, city had been destroyed by a storm, they brought a little blue flame, and they talked about how this, like, blue flame, like, connects their people and is really important to them, very symbolic for them. So they brought it from their, like, Fireland to Element City. When they left, Bernie did, like, the ceremonial bow to his dad, and his dad did not do it back. And that was, like, showing they didn't have their parents' approval to leave. So they were really on their own here in the city. And then they had their daughter, Ember, and it's Bernie's dream to have Ember take over the fire shop. And she loves it, and there's, like, a whole little thing about her growing up and taking over the store, but she can't do it until she learns how to manage her temper because she gets really upset and, like, blows her fuse. So... She's an adult, and there's what they call the red dot sale, which is, like, her opportunity to show her dad that she's ready to take over the store because he's old and kind of sick and, like, should retire. But she gets really stressed out by it, so she goes downstairs, blows her fuse, fire goes everywhere, and she actually bursts a couple pipes, and so a bunch of water pours in. And in that water comes our water guy, Wade. (laughs) Wade! Just so cute. I love how he's, like, buff. And then he shrinks down to like, oh, I got all twisted and turned. And then he's all plumpy. (laughs) I know. It was so cute. And he's very emotional, just like crying about everything. It's so funny. So Wade basically writes up a bunch of citations because there's a lot that's wrong with their shop. Like it's not up to code because her dad had built it himself. And he's like, yeah, this will probably get shut down. And then he leaves and Ember gets really upset, follows him, tells him like, more of her personal story he regrets writing the citations so he like helps her try to fix it because he feels bad that like her family's shop is gonna gonna be closed because of this and she feels it's all her fault so they go to her his boss gail who's a air person and they try to convince her to like not shut down the shop and there's like this whole funny little thing where they're at the air ball game which is like clouds playing basketball and Wade gives support to the team and, like, convinces everyone to start cheering, and then they win. And th- there's, upon multiple watches, this, I think, is, like, a key moment for Ember, because you, like, they show her face, and she's kind of, like, smiling thoughtfully at him. And I think it's, like, the first time she's, like, really seeing, like, wow, he's, like, this really nice guy. Aww. And, like, can have a lot of, like, sway over people. It gave me Quidditch vibes, for sure. I it mean, yes, did. it was basketball, but just, like, they're, like, whooshing around, you know? Oh my gosh, I thought the same thing in my notes. I wrote Quidditch, and then when I watched it again, I was like, oh, this is actually just basketball. (laughs) And so Gail is feeling happy because her team won, so she's like, I'll ignore the citations if you figure out where this leak is coming from, because the water's not even supposed to be going into Fire Town. Um, So figure out where the leak is, fix it, and I'll, I'll let your dad keep his store. So Wade and Ember have this little montage of them finding the leak, and they are, like, really bonding during this time and kind of telling each other about themselves. And we find out kind of more about, like, the discrimination the fire people face through Ember telling a story about a time where she wanted to see this Vistaria flower. And it's a flower that can grow in all elements, including fire. 
And so when they went to the greenhouse, they were told you can't come in, no fire allowed, you're too dangerous. And like they got really upset. And like her dad was really upset about it. And what was interesting to me is Wade says, wow, that must have been really scary. Instead of, oh, that's super, like, frustrating or, like, ups- like she was angry, but he, like, saw that emotion deeper than that. And this is just something I always talk about with a lot of my kids of, like, what emotions are under anger and scared is one of those. So I just, like, love that he, like, immediately pulled that out and said. And I think it, like, broadened her horizon. And, like, I'm not just this angry person. There's a lot of emotions to me. As an aside, oh, I loved I loved that part. That. Oh, that's so cute. And also, fun fact, the vivisteria flower and tree does not exist, but. In real life, it's all fictional, but it's very cute. Yeah, I was curious, so I'm glad. I'm glad to know that 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 wasn't true. So they find the leak. They put a bunch of sandbags in front of it. They fix it, and then it like shows them going on dates. Basically, Wade like asks her out. They go to the city. They do all these fun things. It's also the song "Steal the Show" is playing in the background, but it's like I think slightly edited for the movie it's such a good song and it's such a cute montage and it's like highlighting their like unique abilities like her as fire him as water what they like can do that's special to them and like where she can turn into like different colors if she touches crystals and he like makes a rainbow which is cute in that park apparently the um bird's eye view of it too actually looks like a periodic table of elements it's just so fun that is fun and i would have never known that Yeah, so then, basically, they've, like, been spending a lot of time together. She's a lot happier. She's not blowing her fuse as much at the store. And then Wade comes by Firetown, which isn't usually loud. Like, water people don't come into Firetown. He, like, tells her, like, the the sand's not holding. The the leak keeps coming through. We've got to do something. But then her dad walks in and is like, why is a fire person here? You're an inspector. What are you doing? And he says he's a food inspector, which is just, like, (laughs) really a funny little scene where he then has to try the fire food, which I couldn't remember what they were called. They called them fire fire nuts. nuts. Coal nuts. That was it. Mm -hmm. And they're like, boiling hot and so he eats it and like (laughs) has a really hard time eating it but then it's like wow actually they're really good once it cools down so he tries to like water them down and that that like got bernie really upset and so he like bans him from the store question do you think that water people aren't really allowed in fire town that much or is it specifically the fireplace like bernie's dad's store I think it's probably both. Mm-hmm. I think it, there's, like, not a lot of integration between fire people and everyone else. But there was a part earlier in the show where he's like, no fire, or no water people, because they, like, kept putting out the, the things in the right. store. So then they try to figure out how to fix this, and they're, like, sitting on a beach, and Ember is talking about, like, how much her parents sacrificed for her and like how you can only repay a big sacrifice with your own big sacrifice. And so like, even though she doesn't maybe want to take over the store, which spending time with Wade has kind of like opened her eyes to, she has to make that sacrifice for her parents because they made such big sacrifice and like bringing her here and giving her a better life. But she gets kind of upset about it. And you can actually like see her like fire dim as she's like talking about it, which was really sad. Yeah. And she like ma- turns the sand into glass and like makes a little Vesteria flower and that's when they realize wait we can fix the dam by turning all of the sandbags into glass and so that's what they do and then they go over to wade's house for while they're waiting for like approval from gail they go to wade's family's house and it's like all water people and they live in this like penthouse of a hotel it's like very fancy very different than ember's home also the best security guard like in the block (laughs) (laughs) 
he would not let Ember's mom in because she kind of like followed them. But yeah, it's a really interesting scene because she's like obviously a fire person and their home is like full of water. And so Wade is like constantly making things so it like it works for her and like that she can still participate in things. But there are a lot of like microaggressions happening. One of his uncles says like, oh, wow, how do you speak so well? And she's like, well, I grew up here. If I speak this language my whole life, it's impressive how well you can speak it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So just like you can kind of see there's like certain things where she's kind of an anomaly compared to like what they're used to and then they there's a like a broken water pitcher at dinner and she fixes it and turns it into like this beautiful glass pitcher and then they were like oh my gosh you have such a great talent like you shouldn't like you should do something with that and then they play this game where where wade's family like tries to get each other to cry which is just like funny like again water people are so emotional they're like constantly crying and ember like doesn't really cry but wade says like some very nice things and kind of like professes his love a little bit it was so cute and then she cried it was... <laughs> and fizzled. Oh, so yeah but he didn't say i love you there correct yeah yeah and then on the way out wade's mom is like oh by the way i like have a friend that works at this like glass design company out of town you can get an internship there if you want so ember gets like very overwhelmed there's all the different opportunities and she like goes home but wade follows her because he doesn't want her to be upset and that's where her mom is and she's like i smell love all over you because as a matchmaker she can like smell love and she like has them do what she typically does with like her couples is like they each have to light this candle and then the smoke tells her whether they are a perfect match or not and so ember lights her candle but wade can't because he's not fire so he like strategically like places himself in front of ember to like direct the light and then it gets hot enough and then it it does like start and he's like see, like and then they're like match um the science again it was so cool <laughs> yeah there was a lot of like wade there was a lot of harmony between the fire and the water in terms of like yeah he couldn't just light the candle with his finger but he could like still do stuff where he could light the candle but then her mom gets like very upset and is like elements don't mix like water and fire are opposites like you can't be together basically and then wade leaves and bernie the dad really excited about amber taking over the shop he creates a sign for her and so ember like goes to break up with wade and then he is like well wait i have a surprise for you and so he brings her to the flooded greenhouse where the vesteria flower is and like creates a way for her to like be in this air bubble with like the help of gail and then he like brings her down under the water so she can see the see the flowers because that was like something he knew she always wanted what a good boss gail's like helping out ember and like wait yeah she she was really in on that which was funny yeah, and so then they, like, have this this wonderful time together with the flower, and then they're, like, hanging out, and they touch, which they have, throughout this whole whole movie, there's, like, they, like, have been wanting to hug or high-five or, like, touch each other, <laughs> which sounds weird, but, but they couldn't because fire and water don't mix, and then Wade was, like, no, like, let's try, and so they, like, touch hands, and nothing happens, like, they're fine, neither of them, like, one doesn't get extinguished, one doesn't evaporate. And so then they, like, dance, and they, they, like, hold each other, and it's, like, this very beautiful moment. Can I interject another science? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so that whole, like, principle is based on something called Leidenfrost effect. So it's when a super hot surface connects with a liquid, and then it instantly creates an insulating layer of vapor for a little time. And so every single time they actually touch in the movie, they first zoom in really close to, like, where they're touching to show that 
layer of vapor, which is really cool. That is wild. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as a non-science person would never have known. I was just like, oh, yay, they can actually be together. But there's a reason. And and I will say, I do not. I did not just know that from watching it. I did do a little bit of Google. <laughs> so <laughs> Ellie just hit her head for everyone else's context. Ow. She was laughing very hard. Oh, my gosh, that hurts. <laughs> oh. But, yes, yeah, I guess not... I, I I knew that you weren't just knowing that. But I'm, I'm just glad letting all the fans know. That I'm not just talking out of my butt. It's from the Google. IMDb, great, great. fun facts to be specific. Is that a website? No, they just have fun facts on IMDb about movies. Oh. So shout out. <laughs> great. So basically they touch, nothing happens, and they have this like lovely sensitive moment. And then Ember gets like very overwhelmed and scared and kind of like runs away and has this like conversation with him about like their lives being so different he's clearly more wealthy and he's like you should just be able to do what you want to do and she's like that's a luxury for someone like you but that's not for me like I have to do what what my family expects of me so kind of highlighting this like difference in ideology as well and they break up then the next day is the big ceremony for the store um where it's supposed to be handed over to her and there's like a lot of cool like they have special outfits and there's like special music playing yeah so you can like tell it's, it's a special day and then in the middle of that wade comes and professes his love for her and this is where he says i love you and her dad is like what are you talking about and then the mom's like you were a perfect match like i because um she didn't have a chance to tell them before but she's like not happy about it per se and ember's like i don't love you i'm supposed to take over the store like let me do what i'm supposed to do but her dad gets mad because she's been basically dating someone that's not of their kind and so she goes away and is kind of like on her own sad and then something happens and the dam breaks and so there's this flash flood coming into fire um fire town and because she was kind of off on her own she has enough time to like start warning people about it so they can like get to higher ground get safe because it's like super dangerous for fire people i will also say that i was stuck in a flash flood this spring and it was the scariest thing i've ever done what or experienced me Wait, yeah where? i mean it wasn't like that dramatic it was in fort collins but like my car flooded and i couldn't move and it was scary you were in the car <laughs> yeah so uh, this scene i was like i get it it is scary and that's not even like a real flood like people that have actually experienced mm-hmm. bigger floods very scary scene and she's trying to warn everybody her parents are getting to higher ground and then she sees the blue flame that's so important to her family and her people and she's like i cannot let this fire or this water extinguish the flame so she goes to the house to try and save the flame but the water's like pouring in everywhere and then suddenly wade like pops out of the water and he's like i'm here to help you and she's like i'm so sorry for what i said earlier and so they're like working together to try and protect the blue flame but the water is just pouring in and it's not really working so they like grab it in like this safe container like lantern and they get shoved into this like back room and they like seal off all of the exits so no water can come in so they save the blue flame they're both safe but then they realize it's too hot in the room because there's no ventilation and so wade slowly starts to evaporate and ember's like no you like can't and she's like so sad and she's like no i don't want to be in a world without you like i do love you and he's like no like i want to do like i want to make this sacrifice for you because like the blue flame is important. You are important. And they couldn't leave. Otherwise, she would die. So, yes, she professes her love. They cry. And then he evaporates. He's no longer there. He's dead. You think he's gone forever. Very sad. And then, like, the next scene is her 
the fire people like kind of collecting all of the the debris and trying to get to her and her parents finally break down like the wall that she was in and she's holding the blue flame but she's all by herself Wade is gone and she's very very sad and she kind of has this beautiful moment with her dad where she tells him like I don't want to run the shop like I'm so sorry I think that's what my anger was trying to tell me this whole time is that like I didn't I wasn't ready for this because it's not what I wanted. And then she's like, I know it was your dream for me to run the shop. And then he goes, no, my dream was you. Like, whatever you want to do is, like, fine. Which was just so sweet. And and then she tells her dad, like, I really did love Wade. Um, and starts crying. And then all of a sudden you hear a teardrop fall from the ceiling. And you hear some sniffles from Wade. And then she starts saying all of the sad things that made him cry during the game at his family's house. And he, like, is slowly crying more and more and more. And as the water's crying kind of, like, out of the ceiling, it's falling into a bucket. And so then, like, everyone starts adding, like, sad things. And the mom's like, you were a perfect match. And she's like, I did love you. And then finally, it's just, like, this, like, rainfall from the ceiling. And it all files into this this pot. Um, and then Wade comes out of it. And he came back. <laughs> he rose from the dead. <laughs> I was a um, mess during that whole scene on the plane. Just ooh, yeah. a mess. I could see that. I, I cried pretty hard, but not too, too bad. <laughs> so he comes back. They kiss because they can touch now. And her, it's like this cute little scene where her dad like kind of looks away because he's like, ah. <laughs> so basically the end little scenes, the shop goes to some store regulars. So Ember didn't have to take it over. The shop still continued and her dad still got to retire. And they were like all very happy about that. And then Ember goes, she's going to do the internship at this faraway town and Wade's gonna go with her um to kind of like help her follow her dreams and she's at the like train station or the subway station to leave with Wade and both their families are there and his family's of course like sobbing hysterically (laughs) and her family's like what the heck these people but then right before she gets on the train she turns and she bows to her dad in that ceremonious bow that like he had done in the beginning towards his dad but this time oh I'm gonna get choked up (laughs) (laughs) This time he bows back and it's like this really, really like giving her his blessing that like, I want you to go. I want you to do what you want to do. And you can like always come back home if you need to. (sighs) And it's very beautiful movie. And that's, that's the summary. (laughs) That's elemental. That's elemental. Yeah. So this movie was, it was interesting. I actually like, tried to find like some commentary on like how people received it and I think prior to its release people were really skeptical of it like there was a lot of maybe mixed reviews or like people being like this is going to be really dumb but once it came out people liked it a lot more Um, but when it first came out I think it wasn't super well received but then over the summer because I think there was more word of mouth of how cute the movie was then it picked up a lot more is kind of what I was reading Mm, so mm-hmm. as of like November 1st, I think it had like a 74% on Rotten Tomatoes, 4.2 out of 5 on IMDb. And then it made about like $495 million worldwide. So so much money. Yeah, well, I can start with kind of one of the things that I thought was really great about this movie was the movie was directed and co-written by Peter Sohn. And it was a partially a homage to his childhood growing up as a korean family in the bronx so his dad immigrated 
from Korea to New York City. And he, like, talked about how, like, a lot of his his family experiences were, were showed up in this movie. And the ceremonial bow is actually directly taken from something his dad, like, that is a part of their culture in terms of that bow. And when his dad left Korea, he bowed to his father and he didn't get it back. Oh, wow. Um, so that was, like, a very true part of the story. And I, like, was reading that, like, they didn't, they, they, he hadn't originally written that in, but they were trying to find something to put in the movie. And he had, like, told the writers and, like, everyone was just sobbing. (laughs) And, like, every time this part came up, they would, like, all be crying. And they're, like, we had, like, dialogue at one point, but, like, we cut all of it. And, like, all we needed was just, like, this bow because it was so powerful. So I just, like, really loved. Yeah, I just really loved that that was, like, actually one of the most moving parts of the story. And it was real like that was based on on his his dad's real experience Mm -hmm. so a lot of the culture that you kind of see in the fire people is some of it is like based off of korean culture and i mean that in terms of like the dress and the decorations the language that they speak Irish is not a real language david peterson is a linguist who creates languages for movies and tv shows he actually created it and it's based off of like the sounds fire makes and he's actually the one that created languages for like game of thrones and some other tv shows so he like also created the like symbols or the lettering Mm -hmm. for it which is cool (laughs) (laughs) i thought that i like picked up on some random things not so much of the firish language just more the english language and the different um Maybe the different use of a word. So, for example, she says, oh, flame, when she has to go run after Wade at first. So I was like, is that really, like, frick or maybe the F word? And then, probably not the F word, it's Disney, who knows. And then she says, blaze, whenever her mom finds Wade and her together. And so it's kind of like a different word for shoot, off blaze. Um, So I just thought it was kind of interesting, like, the different types of words that they use, too. Not the fire stuff, per se, but... Um, or like how cloud puffs and fireball were like massive insults and just very very interesting language I don't know yeah the way they like use different words and like again kind of that like addition of like the puns in it (laughs) just like oh yeah even their insults are element related I know they're like oh burn and she says like maybe you should pay for something and get off your ash or something and everyone's like oh There was one part, and upon, I'd, like, watched it, this wasn't my first watch through, but in Wade's family, when the mom loses the crying game, she says, damn, you're so good at this, and, like, the damn is really quiet, but because I have subtitles on, you can see it, and it's spelt like a, a damn. Like a water dam? For, yeah, it's a water dam instead of, like, the cuss word, which was so funny, but I was like, you ha- like I had to have subtitles on to hear that part, because the that, like, you're so good at this game was a lot louder. Like, it was right. very snuck in, and I was like, wait, that was good. <laughs> They're like, we have to keep it, but subtly. Yeah. Yeah, there was, there's a lot of, and I, I think this is also just, like, adults watching a kid's movie but (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah so kind of going off the way that culture is represented in this movie um which i've kind of touched on in the summary but i think it was just really interesting watching this movie and it like is clearly a movie about like 
an immigrant's family experience being in this new place where they're not welcomed Mm -hmm. and kind of like all that the discrimination that they they experienced you know the way that the city was like not built for them and they kind of had to create their own Firetown, which Firetown is like based off of Chinatown in New York. Yeah, and just like the the scene that I thought was really interesting was when Wade was eating the coal nuts and he tried to like water them down or like whitewash them to like make them palatable to him. And the dad got really mad and he's like, no. And he didn't say don't water down the nuts. He said, don't water down us. Like you can't put out fire and he gets really upset about it and he like takes it really personally and that was like a really interesting scene to me of like the way that i mean american culture like white culture has like tried to whitewash a lot of other of other cultures as well as when they first arrive in the city they tell the man their names and he's like yeah i'm just gonna call you bernie and cinder and that's kind of like their names from then on it's like i think very it's a direct parallel to the way that people can sometimes be forced to change their names when they come here uh, or to America. Not, um, not the same, obviously, but uh, a fun fact. So when my, it was many generations ago, but my last name used to be Cones. And whenever... That wasn't multiple generations ago. That was no, before no, you were no, married. Sorry, sorry. It was Cones. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, multiple months ago, my last name was Cones. But multiple generations ago, when whoever came from... Germany, because a lot of my family is German heritage, they came over here, and apparently our last name used to be a lot longer, but it couldn't fit on the mailbox, and so, and this might just be folklore from my family, but this is what I heard, so I'm just going to share it and go from there, but apparently it used to be a lot longer than that, and they shortened it, and so that's why our last name was Cones, so if you look at, like, Cones's even before time, like, several hundreds of years ago, you can't really track it down, which is interesting. But obviously not the same. But I think there's, like, that element of, oh, you don't know how to pronounce a name. You don't know how to say a name, so you have to change it. Or, right, like, we have plenty of friends that have their, quote-unquote, American name or English name, but their actual name is something completely different. And, yeah, no, I thought that was a very interesting scene as well. Yeah. And I do think, like, I knew people in college who who really loved their English name, and that was, like, a part of them as well. And so I, I think it is important to recognize that some people and like name changes relatively common thing. Hence you have a different name right now than you <laughs> did do. a couple months ago. But I think, yeah, when that's like forced or like put on you, it's a different experience. They also, I think again, very clearly the dad had like what we would call like pretty broken English. He like didn't always, like you could tell his, it was not his first language. And that was just like pretty clear. A lot of his sentences were like not grammatically correct or things like that. Yeah. So I just, I really loved the way that this story told a story about like an immigrant family and the hardships that they faced without it being a story about that. Like it was a love story and it was about Ember and Wade, but and mostly embers, but like this was infused in it so so seamlessly that you it was just a part of and like I think that also shows like they did a good job in terms of just like representing her and like all that makes her what she is. Yeah, and I think um, it was interesting too. There was a couple different times where she was correcting her dad, like it's a water person, not just water, um, or like trying to really have her dad empathize with water people similarly and differently 
the story was also meant to be about like an interracial relationship and so mm-hmm. like and like Wade and Ember being two different elements um and like again the narrative and a lot of the story was like elements don't mix you cannot be together um just simply on the fact of like you are different types of people I think very intentionally and I can't remember the interview that I watched or who was who it was but someone from the movie whether the producer or the director talked very specifically about how this they were they were trying to represent that which is good representation is good yeah I think this movie also just had a lot of different additional themes even to those two big ones uh I think another one is there's a ton on environmental stuff but it was very hidden they're like, mm, this water tastes like motor oil. And they're like, ah, oh, it comes from a ship. And so I feel like there's a little nod to, uh-oh. And then how Bernie and Cinder originally moved because of different, like, environmental reasons were driving them out of their home, like, where they were from. And I think I read something where, in a lot of ways, like, there's been 21 million-plus people that have been displaced due to different environmental like reasons driving them out of their home and how this movie like was a nod to that and I feel like it also was a nod to like people going into more creative roles did you notice that at all (laughs) I did I mean I hadn't thought about it like that but when you bring it up and I guess I saw less so at it being about like the arts and more so it being she was the one that was career driven in the couple and like he was kind of like I bought from job to job and like I don't necessarily have a, like, super intentional career path. And she was like, no, this is, by the end, this was my career. And, like, he moved for her job. Mm. So I guess I saw it more so in, like, just the idea of, but, like, I don't know if that's entirely true because she was also going to be a shop owner. And, like, that's also a pretty significant job. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, her parents were working. Yeah, I guess I I didn't pull that out, but I think it very well could fit. Yeah, but I do think that point of privilege, right? Like, it seemed like his mom was an architect. He was bouncing from job to job. And, like, Ember really worked for and supported her dad's business. And then, I guess, yeah, kind of fell into the arts thing. Like, she was just very gifted and talented in the glass making. But Yeah. Well, and I, I was... I was talking about this movie with a friend last night, kind of in preparation for this, and we were talking about, like, when I was explaining it, and from my eyes, it was, like, very much like an immigrant story, and she was like, wow, like, I actually see this as so much of, like, an identity story of a person trying to find their identity, and it was, like, we kind of talked about, like, it's broad enough where you feel represented in terms of, like, yeah, it's, there's a privilege aspect, there's a race aspect, there's a citizenship aspect there's a identity aspect like there's so many different parts of this that you can kind of very fluidly put into this like it's it's so broad that I think a lot of people can feel really represented by this movie or like feel their their situation their discrimination their whatever it is represented which is really cool yeah I think for um, me I really identified with the father-daughter dynamic Which Mm. was very interesting. So, like, for me, when I was younger, I wanted to maybe be a teacher, which is a great profession to have. Or I wanted to go into these different things. And my dad kind of kept challenging me in different ways, I think, of, well, have you had experience to anything in the healthcare industry or anything in the math or science industry? And I feel like it was a little bit different from some of my siblings, which 
isn't bad. I think he supported us in different ways, but just wanting to make him proud and trying to work through, you know, what also do I want to do? And I found like a middle ground of engineering where I could kind of be creative, but I could do what I wanted to do a little bit. And um, yeah, I don't know. So I really resonated with the father daughter piece just because I am pretty close with my dad. And yeah, I think this movie does have something for everyone and wanting to like figure out what do you want for, for your life and what you want to go after, I think is a really cool theme. Yeah. Yeah. Something else my friend said, and I literally, while we were talking about it, I was like, <laughs> I will be talking about that tomorrow on the podcast. So Chelsea basically was talking about, it's really interesting that they chose elements to be the people in this movie because an element is like the smallest thing like it's not a compound it's not a combination of different things it is like a standalone element how did she she said it so well too but there's nothing like it's at the most basic level there thank you yes it's like the most basic purest form it could be like fire is fire there's and like i guess there are like added things to like water like it's hydrogen and oxygen but the point being (laughs) i know if we're gonna get really specific about it but the point being like this is the purest form the truest form and so when you're like looking at you want to be your truest identity you want to be the truest version of yourself and like again from emmer's perspective she was trying to be like what her dad wanted um and like really had to find like where is my purest form where is my truest form and really breaking that down mm-hmm. to like that single element which I just like loved and I thought that was a really interesting perspective to kind of think about and then she had also talked about it's interesting that we followed up like the, the main character was a fire person and they were the ones that were pushed to the corner of town they were the last ones to come to the city when really fire is like such a strong element and it's so like fiery and spicy and passionate and like strong compared to like where you would think of like air earth water you don't necessarily see them as being like as strong and so she's like it's so interesting that they chose this like really powerful passionate element to be the the main character and you don't always see her as like that that like fire within her like that it was kind of portrayed as like her temper or her anger mm-hmm. and we don't really see it as this like really beautiful force to be reckoned with which i just thought was really interesting yeah i think that kind of makes me think we never saw how any of the other elements were negatively portrayed cuz i think it's interesting that, like, yes, fire is very powerful, but when I think of, okay, tornadoes, like, air can be crazy, hurricanes, water, like, floods, all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of, I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I feel like all of the elements do have the good and the bad side, right? But maybe when we first think of it, what is what is the strongest or fiercest? And, yeah, fire does come to mind, but... I, it was interesting throughout the whole film, though, they only showed the bad side, quote unquote, of fire. And maybe it's just because we were obviously following fire and kind of how that worked out. But she didn't really show. Well, I guess they did with water, with the flooding. So maybe that's not true. But I, it's just well, interesting. It was so, like, obviously focused and compounded on the bad things that, like, fire was doing. I almost disagree, though, because and I think that's like what was so beautiful about like her time with Wade 
is he was constantly like, oh, I love the way your light reflects off the water, the way she could change, like reflect the minerals, the way she could change, you know, something that was broken into something beautiful and like constantly was like fixing things after people like destroyed them and made them into something good. So I actually don't see it as only the negatives that they like. And I think I meant like they were showing both the positive and the negative of fire. But then they only showed really the positive of earth and air. I guess they didn't really touch on that much anyway. And I feel like they mainly focus on the positive of water. But maybe they did with the negative. I'm not saying that they, what I'm saying is, I agree. I think they did show the good, beautiful things of fire too. But that's fine. We don't have to agree. (laughs) I guess I'm just trying to understand. (laughs) Forget about it. Oh, I know what it is. I know what it is. I think... Negative isn't the right word, but the downside of the fact that she is fire, they made the it very, effects. The effects, sure, yeah, yeah. But like, it was very individualized to her. Whereas even the water, like leaking or bursting or drowning, like the whole fire town, wasn't specific to Wade or to a person. Does that make sense? Like, it was so individually pinpointed on ember of like her failing whereas with the water it wasn't wait oh no like wade is causing it it was like no that's just general water water did a bad thing versus you specifically when you have your temper as fire you did a bad thing like it was way more individualized is maybe what i'm trying to say no, that is a beautiful point. I'm so glad you explained it because <laughs> you're so right. I mean, the way there was never fire outside of the fire people causing damage. It was always the people that were causing whatever the damage was. But there was water outside of the water people that were doing bad things. But it wasn't attributed to the individual. It was attributed to something else, which, again, is a huge parallel to what happens in real life. Mm-hmm. Okay, the other thing that I wanted to talk about, and this might be kind of a silly thing, especially considering the other things I've talked about, but I want to talk about how great of a guy Wade is portrayed It's the as. rom-com moment. I just, like, I think it, Disney is trying to swing to the other side of the pendulum in terms of, like, the way that they portray these, like, weak, innocent women and men, like, needing to save them. So I, I recognize that this isn't maybe just genuine Disney, <laughs> but the fact that, like, he was kind of portrayed as like the weak not that this is a good thing to have like one strong and one weak person in the relationship but like he was portrayed like he was constantly crying he was just following her around the more I don't emotionally necessarily love- available like maybe too much so <laughs> at times <laughs> yeah yeah and so again I, I i don't know if that's necessarily good or bad but just the, the differing way to portray him he was just always trying to support her and like what she wanted to do and commenting on like the beauty that she is and the things that she can do and her creativeness and her skills and even like a very tangible like he was like shining his light on her so it would like reflect and so he was like always kind of projecting like no don't don't put the attention on me like put it on you which i just thought was really really sweet when do you and like when do you think like he started to like her because in the beginning i feel like she was trying to plead with him about the tickets and like don't send it this that and the other thing and she even said like my dad built this shop it means a lot to him and then later like when do you think it switched because i felt like it was maybe a little clunky but then you kind of got it no i think that's a great question because yeah for me it was her like they really clearly showed like her 
when he was doing something kind and like right. the way she kind of like melted. But when did he start liking her? Mm, that's a great question. I think probably when she told her story. Okay. Okay. Or like when she was talking to Gail. Because he was like on board to help her right away. Uh, like but on the way would... out of the stadium. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. That exact. That would be my, if I had to pinpoint like a specific scene. Okay. What do you think? Yeah. I, maybe just slightly after that. Cause like he was helping her out and maybe when she saved him cause he was like drowning. Mm. Uh, and then she came up with a solution and tried to fix it. And yeah, I, maybe, maybe that piece too, just cause obviously. You know, there's a whole trope about if you're about to die and someone saves you, you'll probably fall in love with them. I feel like that's a trope. <laughs> Maybe not. Near-death experience love. but Trauma bonding? <laughs> Trauma. <laughs> exactly. Anyway. I was yeah, just curious, no. like, because I couldn't pick up, because obviously it, it builds like a relationship does. But I could see, like, when her spark for him happened, which was kind of at the cloud game. But. Yeah, and I think hers was, like, a lot smaller. Like, it was like, oh, he's a nice guy. But for him, it felt like he was, like, so... Just dove in. Yeah, like, into her right away. So I don't know if there was, like, a specific moment. Yeah, when she went to his house, like, it wasn't like, oh, sorry, you can't do this because you're fire and I'm water. He was constantly trying to, like, adapt the environment so it would fit her versus having, like, her try to squeeze into, like their life but it was like no actually like our house is water and you can't touch water so i'm gonna like put this mat down for you so it's like yeah i just like like that it wasn't like okay change who you are so you fit into this but like i'm gonna change things around here so that way you can be more comfortable here and you can be with our family too yeah no for sure so I just, I think good representations of men in movies are really important. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they did a good job with Wade. Yeah. Oh, so cute. Mm -hmm. Do you want to do some questions? Yeah. Let's start first with, what was your favorite part of the movie? Oh my gosh. My favorite part of the movie. I think the bow. That was just like really beautiful to me in terms of like I love I love cultures in general, but getting to see see a culture I'm not as familiar with and something that's like clearly really important to them portrayed, especially like the connection that has with like family and the way it like was told in the beginning and then brought back at the very end. Yeah, I just thought that was like really beautiful. I'm trying to decide if I want to stop at just one favorite or if I was I gonna I was gonna ask a follow up of what's your favorite oh, okay. silly moment. Oh, a silly moment. I just, I think the puns were funny. Like, I, the way that they would, like, talk about things or the way that things worked for, like, the elements, I just, I thought was funny. Oh, that was something that they're, all of the fire people's clothing was, like, chain mail. Mm -hmm. I, like, loved that because it didn't burn up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think that's not really a favorite part, but, like, I loved the way that they, like, adjusted things to, like, fit with, like, the elements. I thought that was funny. I have two. My silly one was the crying game. One, because I love games. Like, I'm a very avid game player, hence the start of this, this podcast where I shared that story about my intense charades. But my more sentimental one that I liked was a part where Wade was melting, and he says, you gave me something people search for their whole lives. And I was like, oh, 
That's where I lost it, which is so funny that my favorite part, I mean, I'm sure you like that part too, but like my favorite part was more of a rom-com thing and you're the rom-com queen, but it was just so cute and I, it, this is cheesy, but it kind of made me think of my husband. I was like, oh no. Anyway, just cuteness. Okay. I have another question. What element would you want to be in Element City? Just given like the types of things they can do or like their maybe their homes or the fun activities. I know we didn't see a ton from like earth and 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 wind or air, but what would you what would you say? No, I love that this question is so specific to Element City because like if you had just asked like which of the four elements would you want to be, that's a different answer. I think Yeah. <laughs> Well, maybe we should also answer that one. Let's answer both. Why not? Why not? In Element City, I think I would want to be water. This probably sounds really bad, but just because life seems a little easier for them. <laughs> in terms of they can just like, and I also was a swimmer. So I think that there is some backstory there in terms of I love water. Like I love to be in water. But like the things that they can do in Element City seem really fun. Mm-hmm. They can walk around and do things. They're not confined to water, but they can also like travel through water, which was was cool. It is interesting that Wade chose to use the tram, but I'm like, why didn't you just anyway like swim over there? <laughs> okay, I did think about that actually <laughs> because like when he was like when the dam had broken, he was like drowning or like she mm-hmm. had to save him. And I was like, you're water. But I think it's the force of it was going to push him somewhere he didn't want to go. So wow. it wouldn't have been as easy to just like casually swim through the current would have taken him. And then he would have like had to like find a way back and it would have been a lot more work. I did think about that specifically. <laughs> Good. Okay. What if it wasn't element city? What element would you be? Probably earth. Why? Um, because I think you can do a lot with Earth. Like, I don't know. I <laughs> whenever someone asks, like, what would your superhero be, um, power be? I always say to control the elements because I think that would be like to be. Yeah, really a lot of power to have. It's so much power. That's why it's the best superpower. Um, and fun fact, I actually got that not from Avatar: The Last Airbender, but from Twilight. Oh, <laughs> because my. one of one of the characters at the end of Twilight, I think it was Benjamin in the fourth book, he could control the elements and it was really cool and I really liked that and stuck from my like wow. middle school self. I, I've never even watched or read Twilight, so mind blown, but okay. Well, yeah, it's... The, I think Earth, you can do a lot with it in terms of like you can move things towards you, you can move yourself to things easier, um, you can like build stuff. A lot is made out of elements of the earth versus like yeah. elements of water, fire, air. Mm-hmm. Cool. For me. What about you? Thanks for asking. <laughs> for me, uh, in Element City, I would be air because one, it was just so fun, like seeing how they maneuvered and things within the city and how they could dissipate and then come back together. Oh, so cool. Except for ruin the guy's sweater, but it's fine. But I also think I love travel. And so my superpower that I would want, for example, would be not so much flying, because I feel like it'd be a lot of work, but like teleportation or like being able to kind of move to different places very quickly, because I like seeing new things and whatnot. So I feel like an element city, it would be a lot easier as an air person as well. 
to kind of move around and maneuver through things. I love this scene too in this movie where they just like go through the fence. They're like, why do we even have fences? Because literally the only thing it blocks is like the tree, I think. Yeah, and they could probably just like hop over it. I know. Um, yeah, they could just grow really tall legs and, you know. Mm-hmm. But, and then in real life, I don't know, fire is pretty dope. I think it's cool. I do think like the process of combining like quartz sand and like fire to make glass is super cool i always think of is the movie raising arizona where like lightning strikes the sand and it creates like sweet glass home sweet home alabama i'm sorry i used to watch that movie a lot not not raising arizona sorry sweet home alabama you could see why i was confused they both have the name of a state in the movie right Sure, but Sweet Home Alabama is such a classic. That is a great. We should definitely do that movie on here. We should. I watched that movie a lot growing up. Anyway, so those are my thoughts. Last question: What impact do you feel like this movie has on your life, or will have on your life? I think, and I feel like I kind of started giving some of this away in terms of earlier when I was talking about the scared being an emotion under anger. But I think just in my line of work, I really liked this movie because it was so applicable to so many different types of communities or people that I like I could work with. And like I could definitely see using scenes of this or parts of this, like when I work with kids to talk about emotions or to talk about discrimination or, you know, like it just felt like a really applicable movie that I could use within my line of work and that I feel like I can come back to with just like how versatile it is in like seeing people like representation like it can a lot of people can fit into that so i liked it a lot yeah what about you i think for me i mean same i think it was a good feel-good movie there's a lot of good parts again the thing i kind of latched onto a lot was the father-daughter dynamic and i thought that that was done really well and just brought me back to different moments of conversations I had with my dad. So in that way, I really appreciated it. And then I think, yeah, just those underlying themes of people have different perspectives and trying to understand where people come from. And some people have to, you know, put in way more effort to get to where they're at. And so I think it's just a very eye-opening, revealing film. So any other last thoughts? Nope. I liked it. Awesome. Well, we are the Cinema Ladies. I am Kaylee Mosey. And I'm Ellie Pant. Thanks, all.